Hello and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. I am Simone de Rochefort, joined by Christina Christina Warren, Senior Tech Correspondent at Mashable.com, and Brianna Wu, Head of Development at Giant Space Cat, which is your new um. That you're gonna use that in the, like the TV commercials for your show, right? Or your company TV commercials <laughs> yes, for your yes, com- that's oh, what we're show. Do. Where did that's I hear what show? We're Giant you, you, broke, you, broke, you broke some. You broke some news there. Uh, uh, the you know, Giant Space Cat is now becoming a television studio it, as well as a true. VR gaming it's studio. True. We we bring the industry drums to you week after week after week. <laughs> Lots of industry drums. It's just what you need—a reality show. Yeah, yeah. In your... Well, you know, it was such a quiet week this week with uh, Kanye not being in the news again for stupid stuff. That I was like, <laughs> we gotta fill, we gotta fill the gap. Yeah, totally, miss, totally. Miss and, Kanye. And, and, and and then Kanye came through he did <laughs> our hero at the last minute in the 11th hour in the Kanye 11th West. hour he he came through really um, christina oh. warren came through yeah this is true so this is a weird situation for me because i've never actually broken a story this way before you um, big baby it, yeah um so uh tuesday night kanye west sent out a tweet and it said day three, and it showed a, a picture of his computer or a computer in his studio. And on the screen was um, uh, the Stephen Stevens song, uh, uh, Death with Dignity, um, or Dying with Dignity, or something like that, uh, for, from his album, Carrie and Lowell, which, by the way, is a fantastic album, and everyone should listen to it. And um, I immediately got the alert that he tweeted because, as I've discussed on this show before, um, I've previously had If This Then That recipes set up to, to text me when Kanye tweets, but that actually became a problem because it would wake my husband up at night when he would go on tweet storms. <laughs> um, so I switched to just the Twitter notifications. Where in, in the official Twitter app, you can be notified when certain people tweet. Well, this was like 10.41 or 10.42 p.m. Eastern time, and I happened to be on my phone, and I saw the, the, the tweet come in, and I immediately tap on it. And I see the Sufjan Stevens um, uh, YouTube screen, and I retweet it uh, with a comment. I'm like, I'm super excited because this album is dope, and and more people should listen to it. But then I looked at the screenshot, and I, I got curious. I was like, hmm, I wonder what tabs Kanye has open on his computer, because it was clear that there were a number of tabs open on his Safari page. So I zoom in on the photo, and lo and behold, I see um tabs that are going to the pirate bay i see a mac keeper pop up and i see a media downloader pop up and a couple of other things and so i immediately tweet literally this is within 30 seconds of his of his initial tweet going out i'm like lol you know kanye west has the pirate bay up on the screenshot he just posted which now, I, mean, I think it's very exploded. relevant here that he is like, you know, Kanye, if you listen to him, because like we're a tech show, right? Yeah. So Kanye is the person that's out there always talking about, oh, I'm the artist. You got to pay the artist. He asked Mark the Zucker. He's actually, try- he's, right. he's actually trying to sue Pirate Bay because of the life of Pablo. So he actually, oh claimed, he actually declared war on Pirate Bay like a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, because apparently 500,000 copies of the album had downloaded illegally. And he was like, I'm going to sue these guys. Which if so, you're not up to date on Kanye's career, that album was released on Tidal only. Which is a paid service. Only, so. well, well, it was originally also available for download. If you purchased it, you could like buy it, and um, you could buy it in Flack or MP3. But then his shopping cart software broke because apparently Title <laughs> doesn't know how to do a shopping cart. Um, so, but yeah, it was immediately on on torrent sites. And um, uh, full disclosure, that's how I got the album because I, I'm not a Title subscriber. I have I like for the, one. The, I'm shocked. Um, I have a 60 day like trial because of the Rihanna album that they gave away for free. But I, I'm not a Title user. Um, so, but we got full disclosure, uh, Kanye, Kanye and I have something in common. We both have used torrenting sites to download things, um, <laughs> without paying for them. Um, we, we both have. So, so anyway, so Sick I, so literally, so literally within, like I said, within 30 seconds of that tweet going out, I was able to say, you know, um, that. I was able to, I figured out, I was like, his Pirate Bay link's open in Safari in his latest tweet and a Matt Keeper pop-up. Because I thought the Matt Keeper part was even funnier. I was like, because we all know what a Trojan Matt Keeper is, right? We're like, and you know that you see that on any on any of like the pirate sites, like any of that stuff, it's just going to pop up all over the place. So like part of me, and then I, I sent a few other tweets kind of being like, oh, you know, we should really teach him about proper ad blocking and about like proper pirating <laughs> techniques. So I was like, come on, Kanye, we, we can help you out. You don't need to pirate this way. Well, I noticed, honestly, like very quickly that the tweet started going viral. Like I was getting 
tons and tons of retweets. And so I popped into the Slack channel at Mashable and uh, told one of the water cooler reporters who was working, I was like, hey, this is going to go big. And so I gave them some background. Somebody was able to actually figure out that the, there was a software, a piece of software up, that figure out what, what Pirate Bay link. He was trying to download a piece of software uh, uh, called Serum, which is like a, a, a like a beats making software, which was co-founded by Dead Mouse and um, as by, by, by a company called Zephyr. And uh, there was also like a link, I think, to like a, a, a music um, blog that had like a top 50 greatest like sampling tools or, or, or synth creators or something. And, and, and that software was on that list. Yeah, shout out to the the person who wrote that article because they tracked down everything. Like you, could- right? Yeah, totally, totally. We'll put it in the show notes. But yeah, Heather tracked that stuff down, and then we, there was actually a couple of people who kind of ended up working on the article as it went up, like later that night. But like we were able to figure out like exactly what his open tabs were. But um, I mean, I I I searched through Twitter. I'm the very first person I can definitively say this who saw that Kanye had pirate bay links open on his on his website. Now the the fact and and honestly, um, I knew it would be a big story, and we got it up that night. And you wake up this morning, you know, Wednesday morning. And it's literally on CNN that Kanye is visiting the pirate bay. Now to be very, <laughs> now, now to be very clear, true story. Now to be very clear. Um, I don't, just because he had the, the link open doesn't mean that he was downloading anything. You know, I'm not going to like make any definitive judgment whether or not Kanye was actually hiring I, I am going to say, in my opinion, in my opinion, right. it seems... It certainly looked that way. It, it, it certainly is... Extremely likely that that is what is Totally. I mean, the suspicion is found. Yeah. Look, we couldn't see his docs. We don't know if transmission was open. You know, I mean, they're, 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 yeah. they're, I'm just saying yeah. we don't have like the full completed circle, right? But But certainly those links were open in his web browser. Well, well actually, you know what, Christian? Now that I'm thinking about it, I I do have to say this: if he's having static with Pirate Bay, it now that I'm thinking through it, we check those sites all the time at my company because we have uh, like software out there and we look for it and we we send DMC takeouts sometimes with YouTube's uh, like linking to virus versions of like pirated versions of Rev mm. sixty. So totally. it, now that I'm thinking about it, it doesn't seem completely impossible like no if it's that not were, yeah yeah it, right it, except it's important to note that the software that the pirate bay page that was open was not for the life of pablo but for uh, a piece of software uh that cost 189 also would kanye be doing that for his own album he can hire uh, well, people to do that well he of course he well i mean who knows i mean he's in the studio who knows okay all i'm saying is, is i all i'm saying is that I, I i can't say definitively that he was he was downloading anything i don't know i don't really we care. make all no I know, allegations I, I i don't care i just th- i honestly i think that this was the most relatable thing kanye has done in years which was to post a screenshot that showed that he had pirate bay links open because that's honestly while a listening relatable to thing. stevens on youtube and not on title <laughs> Uh, I think that's important to note too. The album is available on Title. Uh, it's also on Apple Music and Spotify. It's called Carrie and Lowell. It's very good. Sufjan, love you, Brooklyn, all the way. Uh, but um, no, I mean it was it was hilarious. So this this story goes viral. Well, um, let's just say that I was reached out to by someone. Uh, we'll just call sources <laughs> close to Kanye West uh, this afternoon, uh, and they were not happy with me. Oh, <laughs> Christina. Drama. Kanye does not like me. <laughs> and sorry. I was told, I was told by these sources close to Kanye West, uh, I can attribute it to them because it, it was an on background conversation, uh, that uh, this whole thing was just a big misunderstanding. Um, it, it, it wasn't actually, you guys, that, that Kanye West was, was downloading anything on Pirate Bay, and, and he was, certainly wasn't pirating software because he completely does not support that at all. Of course. Um, in fact, um, you know, he has his own battle with The Life of Pablo, which has been downloaded roughly 500,000 times off of the Pirate Bay. Instead, this was an elaborate troll. Mm. And this was all a joke. And the media, including me, we all fell for the bait. Of course. This was, ju- this was just a you're, joke. You're just a fool. Just a simple I'm just, fool. I'm just a fool. So I, I asked the question. I said, well, okay, um, did did Kanye take the photo? You know, the, the, so this was not his computer even. Okay. Um, you know, he uses a Mac. Well, well, the computer that he was that was taken a photo of was a Mac. Uh, it was connected to a Samsung monitor, uh, but it was a Mac. You you can tell by the by the fact that Safari is the web browser used. You can see that the UI Chrome. Um, it, it's very clearly a Mac. So. Um, I don't know if if this is just to assume that this was a desktop Mac connected in a studio. Um, I, I you know 
I can I can take them at their word, uh, the source close to Kanye West at their word that this was not Kanye West's MacBook. But I will say, in in fairness and for, for technical authenticity, this certainly was a Mac. The photo was taken on. It was not his computer. I'm told, um, but he did take the photo, <laughs> and not only that, but he purposefully um, loaded those Pirate Bay links and other links in the background on the tabs because this would be funny. Now, again. I don't know if I'm just not understanding the humor. Of course. Because maybe, maybe, maybe I just don't have a, a good sense of humor about these things. I would think it would be funnier to be downloading something like The Life of Pablo on Pirate Bay, that that would be a funnier joke to do. That would be very ha- funny. I would I, laugh right, at that. Yeah. I, I would laugh at that too. I would think that would be a funnier commentary rather than a piece of software called Serum where you also have a link to the software company's homepage and you have a link to a web article talking about the piece of software. Now – to me, as an outsider, that just seems like those three things in succession means like someone has Googled something like, you know, Beat Software, gets some links, follows them, follows them to, you know, looking at what more, getting more information about the software from the manufacturer, and then deciding, well, maybe I don't want to pay $189, so I'm going to check and see if this is on some, some, some torrent sites. And then when I visit that site, I get a Mac Keeper pop up and, and, and another media <laughs> downloader pop up. Now, I, again, I'm not, I'm not saying that that's what happened. But I'm also not saying that's not what happened. Well, Kanye um, could have reverse engineered that this whole thing. He could have. It, it's he could very have. authentic. It's a very authentic it's piracy very authentic. setup. It, right. I mean, it, you know, but 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 the official word is that it mm-hmm. was a joke and mm-hmm. that, that that he just trolled us all. Of um, and I have to say, if this was a joke, I have to give cr- <laughs> Kanye West for setting up being so ambitious about this setup by actually googling those articles and having the the the, the url for the software in question there mm-hmm. um what's also interesting is that dead mouse who you know is the co-founder of the software company that the, the, the kanye had the pirate bay link up to he called him a dick on twitter and even started to go fund me to help kanye afford serum <laughs> i loved it and then kanye started Going after Dead Mouse and making fun of the fact that he has kind of like a, a Mickey Mouse insignia for his logo, and saying, it was so childish. Did you so read childish. that tweet yes, stream? He, it's like, like, look, he, if you're gonna get into a catty Twitter battle with somebody, right. like at least bring some innovation to it. Exactly. Like, don't be least... like, oh, you're a Mickey Mouse. Oh, like, oh like, how do you pronounce it? Dead Mouse Five. Like, don't pretend that you don't know who Dead Mouse is. In fact, we not only does he not know who he is, they've met together before. In fact, about a year ago, they were on stage together in New York at Titles inauguration thing. You know, when oh, Madonna put her snap. leg up on the table because because Dead Mouse is also part of Title. Well, maybe that's when this whole beef started, and maybe Kanye's been planning this for a whole year. Uh, how maybe, he's gonna revert I mean, look, troll everyone by pretending to pirate Dead Mouse's software? Software. I mean, maybe that's what it is. We we have reached out to Dead Mouse's people to find out if they were in on Kanye's joke. Uh, we uh-huh. have not heard back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it may, maybe this, this, the, his tweets to dead mouse are just an additional part of this troll. Maybe it's just all part of this, this big thing. I mean, certainly it couldn't be that Kanye West took a photo of a computer screen, not realizing that, um, you know, even phone photos are so good nowadays that you can actually zoom in and thanks to retina screens and high resolutions, see what's running on tabs. I mean, certainly that's not what happened. No, certainly no. it's not a case where, where someone just didn't realize that when you take a photo of something, like a computer screen, we can see everything on that screen because there are so many pixels in the world. I mean, that's that that can't be what happened. <laughs> it's far more likely that next week Kanye and Dead Mouse will announce their album together that will be released exclusively on Title <laughs> and completely, created completely. exclusively in Serum. So uh, created and cre- created exclusively in Serum uh, with the Pro Tools kind of plugin and and uh, and and released exclusively on Title. I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. And yeah. and and that this yeah. whole thing is just a troll. And the people like me, I've just been taken in by this. You know, I've well, I've just I just I took the bait. Um, no, no. So so I have to say, like I woke up this morning, I saw your story. I didn't know you had done it, Christina. It was just blowing up all over my Facebook. And ninety nine percent of the time, like. I don't get involved in pop culture stuff, right? Like, it's just not, it's not what I'm known for, right? But I saw this, and I, usually when Kanye does something stupid, I'm just like, haha, what an you know? (laughs) Completely. But this time, it is, I think a reasonable person would look at this and come to the conclusion that there's pirating software coming on. So Uh, when your public presence is about, like, 
asking Facebook founder <laughs> to invest, to invest in billions of dollars in your art in Everyone's building to schools. Right. And to do this and like you're putting yourself out there as like, oh, I'm an artist. Oh, I'm an artist. You know what? Software engineering and making that stuff is absolutely too. art. And that's Completely. the point that Kanye West personally pissed Brianna Wu off. Like I'm Completely. like, you bastard, you hypocritical like, just shut up. Just shut your mouth. Oh. <laughs> no, you're dead on. You're dead on. I mean, it, oh. it is every bit as much of art. Um, and I also think that, again, it's notable that he was listening to a great album by Sufjan Stevens. He's not listening to it in a way that Sufjan can get paid. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's listening right. to it on YouTube. Uh-huh. He's listening to it on YouTube. Okay. Do you so, think he's so- a YouTube Red subscriber? I don't. I don't. No. And in fact, um, although someone did point out to me, a, a Kanye stand did point out to me that if you zoomed in closer on that photo, you would see that the logged in YouTube user did not have Kanye's avatar. So apparently it couldn't be Kanye. Um, I, but again, Ooh. I don't know these things. I mean, I'm not, I, I don't have enough data about the computers and the forensics to know. All I know is that people close to <laughs> Kanye West did confirm to me that he took the photo and said that he opened up those tabs purposefully. So um, I mean, you know, it's either it was all a troll or he was actually intending to download the software. There, there, there are no other options. Um, make, make with that what you want. But, yeah, I mean, the irony to me is that he's listening to it in a way that Sufjan doesn't get paid. Uh, there was mm-hmm. also a media downloader link, which kind of uh, presumes that maybe he was even trying to download tracks <gasps> someplace, you know, off of YouTube. You know, because you yep. can use those sites, you know, to, like, download, like, MP3s from YouTube. Who even knows? All I'm saying is the title carries that album, so it, it, it's a shame that you know he couldn't he couldn't support Sufjan that way. Oh, Sufjan, oh. we support you. That would have been such a like slick promo. Me uh, listening see, to Sufjan on on title, like I, I agree completely. Like that would have made it made a lot of sense. Although easy. I will say this, even though I agree with you completely, Brianna, that like uh, like it, this affront, especially when he's taking this anti pirate based stance, is so hypocritical. I do still feel like this is the most relatable thing Kanye has ever done. That's very true. I, I <laughs> because, think that's fair. Yeah, because yeah. so many people, I mean, for better or for worse, and I certainly count myself in this. I'm not above admitting this. I've, I've, I've now look. I've paid for my fair share of, of software and music and movies and anything else, but I've also downloaded a lot of stuff over the years, and I'm not afraid to admit that. I know a lot of people in my position are like, "Oh, I will never admit that I use Napster." Oh God! If you Napster. were a teenager in the nineties, you used Napster. We all I did. I used all of we, MB3. Yeah, I used. I've yeah. used a lot of things. I've been part yeah. of pri- pri- private torrent yeah. trackers. Whatever. I used Oink. Yeah. Regardless, but what I'm just saying is that this is one of those things where it does become very relatable. Um, I would also like to suggest this to, to Kanye. If you were going to be downloading torrents, um, I don't think you should use the Pirate Bay as a tracker because it's kind of overridden with malware. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah. and a lot of people have kind of taken over it. So there are way better trackers. Uh, Kick-Ass Torrents is, is a better one. Uh, it still kind of kind of has some malware stuff, but it's better. There are a lot of private torrent communities. Uh, DM me, and I can like help you out here. But <laughs> if you're going to be doing this, like... Also, you should have a pop-up blocker in Safari because you don't want to get Mac Keeper on your Mac because that's just bad news. No, you do no. not want that's, that. That's that's the cry for help right there. <laughs> that like, really is the cry for help. Everything is ever done. Like Mac Keeper being there. Like I'm like we need a team. <laughs> it's, it's we like need you to guys. send Georgia Dow out there to talk we to do. Kanye and find out what's going on in his life and mind to make him have Mac Keeper because that's... I agree. Honestly, <sighs> it sounds like Kanye yeah. West needs a tech expert on his team, and I think I know yeah. exactly the person that I would recommend. Uh, you know what? No, uh, I, no, don't do yeah, it, Christina. Um, don't, don't, no. I, I, I don't no. think they're talking to me right now is the only problem. I would volunteer for that position because in all honesty, as much as I'm making fun of Kanye West right now, I really do love Kanye the way Kanye loves Kanye. Uh, but this was just so funny. And uh, I'm, I'm really glad to get to share uh, my experience of the last 24 hours with you guys because it's been sort of surreal. This no, is no, no, that's just great. the best that's news great. that I could ever have I, heard I'm in my life. I'm proud of you. I'm very proud too. of you, Christina. You. Again, is... and, and what I think that the, the big takeaway we should all take from this is turn Twitter notifications on so that you are alerted every time Kanye tweets because you never know. <laughs> I think considering I don't have your job, I may not run to do that right now. <laughs> but if I did have your job, I, I would. I, I have to say this, though. Like, there... So... When you are a fan of something, you have to kind of separate the person from their art at a certain point. Like, Mm -hmm. let me give you an example. I love Star Trek and I love Captain Janeway. I love Voyager. Like, being um, a leader, I I really do. Sometimes I ask myself, like, how would Captain Janeway handle this situation? Mm -hmm. I love that actress. 
But, you know, if you look into her life and some of the stuff she's done, it's not so great, right? Like she treated uh, Seven of Nine very poorly. But you can separate that at a certain point. And you're like, okay, I can separate the art from the artist and appreciate it. I do think for some people, their personalities are so toxic that I do think it almost becomes like a moral question. Like, what am I enabling by supporting this person? And, you know, we didn't talk about the the, the very sexist lyrics that he had towards Taylor Swift undermining her success the other week. Like, this is someone whose pattern again, 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 and again is just so... Sh- it's such a disregard for like any standard of human decency or boundaries. Totally. I just, I, I feel like I could not enjoy his music at this point. Does that make sense to you? No, it totally does. It totally does. Um, I'm not quite there because I've been, <laughs> I, well, weirdly, even though like I'm on his, his ish list right now, I'm not quite there, but I totally understand people who are just cause I've yeah. been such a huge fan of his music for so long. I've, I think managed to decompartmentalize the two phases of him. Yeah, but you're right. I think it I'm makes the same it, way. But but, but I, it makes it. I would be, I guess, reticent to pay for future music of his. That's absolutely true. I'll be and, listening and, and to I, it on YouTube. Thank you. Or Pirate Completely. Bay. Yeah. Or, or Pirate Bay. Um. Uh. You know that link, Simone. Um. Can yeah, we can we know. start something on Rocket today? For now on, it's not called pirating it. Just call it. I'm gonna Kanye that new I'm album. Gonna Kanye I'm, gonna I'm gonna go gonna, Kanye yes. a version of Maya tonight. I, yeah, it's I'm gonna, gonna be Kanye great. Kanye version of Maya. I love this. I love I love using yes. Kanye as torrent. I love this. Yes, um, guys. No, can, yes. I, can I tell you about something that you shouldn't Kanye? It's yes. Brain Tree. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Best Rocket segue ever is brought to you by Brain Tree code for easy online payments. If you're a mobile app developer, check out Braintree. Braintree is the payment solution used by companies like Uber, Airbnb, Hotel Tonight, Living Social, and Munchery. Braintree has made the payment experiences in these apps seamless and magical, and now you can add similar experience to your own app. With excellent customer service and simple integration, Braintree gets you ready to receive payments quickly. Braintree's continuous support plus fast payouts means you'll be prepared as your company grows from your first dollar to your billionth. Braintree is also helping solve the problem of mobile cart abandonment by offering a best-in-class mobile checkout experience, and they make payment experiences in some of your favorite apps seamless and magical. Now you can add similar experience to your own apps. Braintree gives you a full-stack payment solution, support for all payment types your customers might want, including PayPal, Apple Pay, Bitcoin, Venmo, cards, and more, all with a single integration. It's with you across all platforms with superior fraud protection and fantastic customer service and fast payouts. To learn more and for your first $50,000 in transactions fee-free, go to braintreepayments.com rocket. Thank you. We won't Kanye that. <laughs> I don't think you can, Kanye. I would hope Braintree. not. That would be yeah. weird. I don't no, think I don't can. think it's even possible. I, I, yeah. I don't think it. I don't think it's. Yeah. Uh... Well, just wait until guess... he does something else that deserves the verb to Kanye. I guess theoretically, you could like fork everything. Like, yes, at their that company would. And then that would require more technical Braintree. experience yeah. than Kanye yeah. West has. That'd I be mean, like yeah. A... I... But but it, totally. I mean, you wonder though, like with with things like this, if you if you're Kanye, or no, actually, if you're Dead Mouse, if if maybe you like just hit Kanye up and be like, hey, can you Venmo me one hundred and eighty one hundred and eighty dollars? Because that would be cool. That would be great. I think uh, I think that should be done. I think I think that should be done. Um, uh, Dead Dead Mouse did actually meet his GoFundMe account. I think it was later taken down, but but someone some kind soul did actually donate two hundred dollars to to the buy Kanye serum that fund. That's hilarious, so, and it makes me so happy. It's right? the Lord's work. The Lord. It work. is the Lord's work. Speaking of the Lord's work, uh, we have new uh new VR headset news. Yes. Yeah. So Addy Robertson at The Verge got to check out the HTC Vive Pre, which is basically the the dev, the dev kit of the HTC Vive, which is coming out later this year. And so far, it's looking pretty good. She said it was the first one that she's been able to have like long term. And the Vive works a little differently from some of the other headsets that we've seen. So it uses two um, sensors called lighthouses that are placed in the room that basically create a mesh of lasers, which is lasers. so cool. Automatically a winner in my book. Okay, anyway, so these they, they basically sense your position in the room based on the headset. Um, 
tracking with the headset's movement. And it, she said it allows a lot of freedom of movement, depending on how big that space that you're in is. And she played a few games on this. I think she played a mini golf game. And there's a great video of her just fooling around in some games. There's one uh, that is a virtual office where you can just interact with lots of objects. And then one where you're swiping in the air with the remote controls. Do they have an... I, I, they don't have an official name, do they? The the Vive controllers. Um, it's just the controller. That's yeah. all I've ever heard it referred to as. Yeah. Same. They should come up yeah. with a snappy name for that. Um, yeah. Moving in the air with the Vive controller. What? Vico. Vico. <laughs> that, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's like, no. Hmm. I reject that. <laughs> don't go into marketing. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Christina so would be mean. good at marketing. I, I know she, she would. would use, oh, oh, I'd have a I'd lot more crap in my house. Yeah, I would be good at marketing, but not maybe naming. Maybe, maybe that's the difference, yeah. right? Yeah, I'm sure there are different branches. Anyway, using those to like swipe in the air and create paths for airplanes. Um, I I wanted to know what you thought about the Vive Pre, just based on Brianna, you, um, sure. from what you've seen of it so far, because it. I, I know I have I know people who have experienced very mu- much earlier demo versions of mm-hmm. this headset, and they yep. said that it was by far the most realistic of yep. the headsets that they've tried so far. Um, but well, again, I mean, we, Chris, we had Christine, ex- you can back me up on this. When you go see a press demo, that is a long, 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 long way from consumer hardware that you're actually yes. going to get shipped to you at your house. So you can actually do this. You can go look at Adi's uh, earlier stuff with the, uh, which the HTC Vive. And like, I swear, it's like she's a Borg because she has so many like thick cables wired up to her. Like it's actually disturbing. Yep. It looks like a the cable movie. down the back makes me really uncomfortable. I'm not yeah. sure. Like she said in her review. Yeah. So, okay. There's a cable that loops uh, from the headset over mm-hmm. your head and down your back. Right. And she said that after experiencing it for a while, it wasn't a problem necessarily, unless you were moving around a lot, and then it would get tangled up around you. Uh, but she said you got used to it. I'm yeah, but it looks really. It looks like freaking predator. It looks. It, it looks very it does. weird. It does. It looks weird. Um, but I guess now, my point is, it, it was much worse. I've not, but I've heard from a lot of my developer friends about yeah. it. Uh, I, I so, ha- I've had one demo, but I haven't okay, had any yeah. amount of time that Addy had with it. But I've had I mean, one demo, and I will yeah. say. My early demo was very impressive. So, but it's a demo. It is, but I also hear so like uh, I probably shouldn't tell this story on the air, but what the hell? So here we go. Like I, I, Do I have it. a friend of mine that like uh, she went to a major conference. They announced that everybody there would get vibes, and you know she was like, "Oh, I'm so so excited!" And then like a friend of hers called her up on the phone and was like. Look, don't don't expect to get a dev kit because they promised me mine like at a different event six months ago, and it's just not coming. They're not talking to us. Um, so again, it really brings that like production line problem into it. I have to say, this particular method, this is really it's it's really interesting how they're like doing this level of head tracking. So, like the connect, if you've ever seen uh like I think it was Paranormal Activity Three, like the way it works is like shooting out all these lasers all over the room, and you can actually see them like with the right kind of filter. So what you do is you end up like installing these modules. Um, like in the VR room that you dedicate, it will kind of track you as you move around. So like, I mean, Christina, like you're mirroring the experience everyone I know has, has said with this. It does seem more realistic. So what I did this week is I did start calling a lot of my friends that are, um, I, I'm not gonna say what studio, but like they've worked a lot with Oculus and they've worked a lot with the Vive. And I have to say, as of right now, I feel much more confident that the Vive is going to have a game library that is going to justify that $800 when it comes to market. So um, I think the chances are very good. I'm going to cancel my Oculus pre-order and go with this instead. Well, I know you've expressed concern before about HTC being involved in this since they've been having problems. Is that still a concern for you? Well, of course it is. And I mean, obviously that's tied to my friend getting her dev kit that mm-hmm. they promised her, yeah. right? But in their, you know, their ability to ship phones and make money for them, I mean, it, it's losing money. It's like a ship that's sinking. Yep. And they used to have some of the best Android handsets that you could buy, period. 
Um, they were the best. I mean, the original HTC One, not not the newer yeah. one, but the HTC One from like five years ago was was a revelation. I mean, yeah. the original Android phone was actually the G One was actually made by HTC. They were actually the original Android OEM. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I think at this point, like the pre-orders, if like they're reporting their pre-orders accurately and what I'm hearing about the dev partnerships that you can expect, because, you know, this is going through Steam. This is legit. Mm-hmm. I think I think the, the odds are high. I do have to say this, though. Um, you know, so I have tried two pieces of hardware that Steam has shipped that at this point. You have the Steam Link, which basically hooks your PC up to the television. It's not a good experience. It's just no. not. It's laggy and it's it's don't do it <laughs> like get a graphic card with hdmi out instead the other thing is uh i got a steam controller this week to start you know we're about to ship rev 60 to figure out if it was worth our time mixing it over to it i have talked to people on twitter that love this but it is a disaster to me like it is really 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 bad um it's very quirky with which games it supports um you're like downloading all these different drivers you often have to like close out the entire program and get back to it and you know it's okay with some games like portal it's okay you know xcom i can see how someone would prefer it but it's to me and like think about what the masses are gonna like it's not a good product and if that's the level of like hardware that Steam is going to ship in in this partnership, I think that could potentially kill this product. So you know that's yeah. I mean, the one thing I would say about I mean, the one thing I would say about that is I don't know who made their controller or who made the link, but as you said earlier, HTC for putting all their financial problems, which are tremendous, aside, yeah. they have had they've always had a really good track record with hardware. In fact, I would, I would argue that I've never even going back to the windows mobile days. Like I'm talking like more than 10 years now. Like remember when, when HTC was, I remember like actually importing an HTC phone, um, running windows mobile, like, like six or something, you know, in like 2006 or something like that, because it, it, um, had a good reputation. They've always had really good hardware. Um, they've had some issues with software and they've had some other kind of, you know, their Android implementation and, 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 uh, the way that they were kind of doing their, their, their sense UI, uh, maybe I had some qualms with, but, uh, I think with the exception of the, the weird phone they had that also had like a Firefox browser and like a weird Linux operating system on it that you could like connect to a computer monitor that was bizarre other than that phone like they actually and i think that was a motorola phone so never mind um they've always traditionally had pretty good hardware um but that's so exactly that would make this it... problem christina because like the so the steam controller itself is excellent hardware something's really cool about okay so you're it. talking so, about the software now okay yeah i think the problem that i'm worried about is the software coming over into it and that integration so like the steam controller what kills it is as you're using the Steam controller, you'll feel this wonderful tactile feedback as you're like sliding your finger along the mouse area. It like rumbles a little bit like a, a trackball might if there were clicks inside of it. It's beautiful and it feels gorgeous. What kills it is exiting out, trying to try 10 different configurations, seeing if uh. some users map these different keys, loading back in, exiting out, loading it back in. It's, it's not very good that way. It kills the experience. So when I think about what my friends at Steam are good at, like what is their core competency? They are a company that's really good at the big picture, like supporting a lot of games, you mm-hmm. know, getting these APIs totally. to work, making it stable, making it run, having like Steam workshops available to people. Um, you know, like, oh, let's just make an entire Linux operating system. We're going to try to make that mainstream. <laughs> They are good at that when it comes down to the details that make that pleasurable to use. I have zero confidence. So the user experience problem. Right. Yeah. I think that's why it's going to be. So. Yeah. Be interesting. I, well, I mean, and I think that that'll be just to ask you, Brie, I mean, do you think that that will ultimately like how much of an impact do you think that will have on developers supporting the platform? Or do you think that at this point developers are kind of picking and choosing if they're doing Oculus or, or Vive or both uh, regardless of those things. And that they'll deal with the UI stuff when it comes out. Do you think that, that any of those concerns will have any bearing on, on what developers out of the gate or even in the early days of the, of the device being released care about stuff? So what I think you're going to see is I think with the Vive and on Steam, I think you're going to see 
game developers shoehorn existing game types to work with this hardware. So, Mm -hmm. uh, like, you know, not that it works on this hardware, but there's a portal that will, you know, work with this. Like, they've rewired that. So I think you're going to get first-person shooters like that. I think you'll see them change that content. Another example is uh, Until Dawn is an excellent uh, game on PlayStation 4. They're working on that and adapting it to Sony's VR experience. So I think you'll get those kind of ideas that are not optimized there on Steam. And I think there will be a enough of a library to justify the content. Yeah, I I'm think that's backed indie... up by saying, uh, according to this Reddit post, they're saying there are over 100 games that have yep. Vive support. Yep. So yeah, I think you're right. Those aren't new games. Those are just but that's but this is so key that the and Christina, you know this too. The thing that makes VR immersive is the interface. Stupid, it just is. And if you don't have that aspect of it, which does require a lot of thought and reworking a game, mm-hmm. it's just not going to be fun. Absolutely. So I I think that you will have enough there to justify it. But I think over here on the Oculus side, like I'm on under NDA on some really, really interesting projects over there. And I think that that's going to be where this stuff that's relevant to the industry five years from now is going to happen. But I think as far as a first generation fun experience, I think the Vive is a better investment, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I have totally, a, a kind totally. of maybe a stupid question, but related to the way that all the the headsets so far look. I guess with the exception of maybe of the <laughs> Sony Morpheus, is there a technical reason why it's always this very bulky in the front goggle format that's almost ski mask like in in that you know it's goggles with a bunch of hardware in them and then straps like is. Is there a technical reason that all the the hardware is concentrated in that area, or could it be more balanced across the head? I don't know if you know the answer to this, but I was I've been thinking about it all day just from looking at the pictures of the vibe. No, you're you're dead on. In fact, some of the 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 goggles that they have, like, do you know on like really high end gas masks and stuff like that, like mm-hmm. they actually put weights in the back to like distribute the weight evenly above your all around your head. Mm-hmm. Like one of the main things is like the focal distance that is away from your eye is really, really critical. So it's comfortable to wear. So there's always going to be some kind of bulk there. Uh, but I mean, for right now, that's where they're putting most of the sensor. So I, I would imagine that when Apple gets into this space and starts thinking about it, I think maybe they'll space that out a little bit more. Like the the Vive looks, I, I think it looks badass because it looks like you're a 90s anime character. Yeah. Like, it is, it's horrible. Let's talk the iCloud backups. Oh. Did you guys know that the cloud isn't secure? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hi. Welcome to 2016. Yeah. Well, actually, actually, let's be more accurate. Let's go back to 2012 when we were first having this conversation. Yeah. Uh, okay. So is, Does that mean... No. Mm. no. <laughs> you, I'm sorry. I, I feel like you have more uh, history with this particular topic. Do you want to broach sure. it? Sure. So um, one of the topics that's kind of come into, one of the facts that, that um, has come to light um, in, in light of the whole like Apple versus FBI stuff has been the fact that, um, you know, even though Apple cannot and and so far is refusing to write software for the FBI to bypass the lock screen to get into the phone um, belonging or used rather by uh, the San Bernardino shooter, uh, not belonging to because it actually belongs to um, the the health department who didn't have any MDM software on it and then reset the iCloud password at the <sighs> FBI's request, which messed things up. Anyway, um, one of the issues that's come into that has been the fact that Apple did already work with the FBI. And, and in fact, within two hours of being contacted by the FBI in that case, they turned over metadata and iCloud backups related to the iCloud account that was um, associated with that phone. Um, and so Walt Mossberg of The Verge uh, wrote in his column this week kind of, t- I think, what, what did he call it? The, the, the iCloud loophole? Is mm-hmm. that what he called it? Where he yes. basically... Yeah, so, so he said, you know, the iCloud loophole and basically saying, you know, even though your iPhone itself from a hardware level 
may be near impenetrable. And in fact, on uh, Tuesday during hearings, during five hours of a congressional um, a hearing to the House Judiciary Committee, um, uh, FBI Director uh, James Comey kept uh, continuing to say that, that, or excuse me, it was actually uh, Cyrus B. Vance, uh, who is the um, district attorney for um, New York um, City or New York County, um, kept calling these warrant-proof um, warrant proof uh, encryption and, and warrant-proof phones. Um, oh, that's low. It is, but it, the whole thing was – the five hours of testimony was actually quite interesting. Someone made a store of all my tweets, which hmm. I'll um, I'll paste to you guys because I, I live-tweeted the entire thing for five hours. Thank you. Go me. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, it's like the Olympics just, of live-tweeting. I got carpal tunnel. Except not literally. I guess wrist. you could live-tweet the Olympics and that would be the You Olympics could, but yeah, that would be the Olympics of live-tweeting. No, but this is I'm this, sorry this, if carpal tunnel. It's okay. Uh, it was exasperated a little bit by that, but no. Um, but one of the things that was kind of pointed out on that was, you know, Apple turned over the the iCloud backups and that they're not encrypted, and and so you know, Mossberg um, is, is kind of writing in his column that that even though we think about the fact that the phones themselves on a hardware level and the things stored on the device level themselves may be difficult to access access without a passcode because of encryption and because of the different um, security methods happening there, when it comes to what is um, stored in the cloud, that's very different. And in fact, that data is not encrypted mm-hmm. and and can be turned over with a court order and frequently is. And so he's kind of, you know, saying that, that if Apple says that a fresh iCloud backup, you know, would have given the FBI what it needed. Now, the FBI actually claims that that's not true, that they still would have wanted more information than what was in the iCloud backup. But we'll never really know the answer to that question because, of course, an iCloud backup was not able to mm-hmm. be taken in part because the FBI asked the health department to change the iCloud password and that messed up any chance of getting an auto backup. Um, but he basically, um, you know, d- basically discusses, and, and it seems to be a big revelation from his viewpoint that, that, that iCloud data is not encrypted. Um, there have been some discussions, and, and in fact, there was even, I think, a, a New York Times article, someone got some information from Apple that seemed to imply that they are considering, that, or they will consider in future updates making iCloud backup data um encrypted but it does open up interesting questions which is that the there's a certain level of privacy and security that you rely on when you back something up to the cloud versus what you have on your own device and mm-hmm. and it is true and this has always been the case and i think that most maybe regular consumers don't know this but i think anybody who's been privacy conscious has been fully aware that what you're storing on the cloud is not encrypted and yeah. that the, the 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 companies, whether it's Google or Microsoft or Dropbox or Amazon or Apple or IBM or anyone else, if they're presented with a court order and asked to hand over that data, they will hand over that data. And that in almost all of those cases, without with the exception of maybe something like Spider Oak or, or some other very proprietary, maybe even like a like mega um, you know, very specific types of cloud services, the informations that's stored on them are, are, are not mm-hmm. encrypted. I got the the impression that that's who this article was aimed at is the people who maybe don't understand that i'm not sure why those people would be reading the verge but hey i don't know no Walt Walt marsberg writes for pretty i mean he is like the the old guard of of tech journalism so he i i don't think it's meant for like normal people i think he's not a david pogue yeah yeah he's not he's not i this is a something i was really wondering with this and and christina maybe you can understand maybe you understand this more than i do because this isn't you know my area of of software development but i was having a dinner with a friend of mine uh last week she's an engineer she was an engineer for tesla and we were talking about like why we don't have really really good uh server-side encryption on stuff like this and she was talking about like you know, the old way of doing this is like SSL, where it's like Christina has a box. And so the way of like encrypting stuff would be like, I'd put a secret code inside a box, and then it would pass over to Christina, <laughs> and she'd like unlock her key. And then it's it's this really convoluted thing. They have a new way of doing it, where it's like, um, how can I put this? So imagine like there's this super, super complicated math problem, and then Christina has half of the formula to decrypt it, and then I have the other formula to decrypt it so that the two things are together you can do it but i'm never actually giving my um you know my part of mm. that equation over to the server she was talking about that and it it seemed to me that if apples can get really serious about you know beefing up their security like can't they encrypt it all server side in a way that would protect them 
Yeah, I mean, I think that they could. I think there's an interesting question, which is, do they want to? Um, because what would what would the purpose of that be? Because there are um, valid reasons for not encrypting that data, which might be seeing things as simple as, you know, if you take something to an Apple store, if you're trying to get data, or if police with a warrant are trying to get access to things, you might want to be able to grab this information. And, and if it's encrypted, then obviously without mm-hmm. the password, no one would be able to restore anything. And I don't know if that would, 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 would create problems for them Maybe putting I mean, law enforcement issues aside, if it would create problems from like a, a service standpoint. Yeah, and then considering all the trouble that they've had just from having iOS nine, which is, or I, oh my god, <laughs> just from iOS being impossible to for police to crack at this point. Like if they encrypted the cloud as well, I feel like that would just backfire on them from that standpoint. Like this could almost be their loophole for having heavily encrypted hardware is like okay well you can access the iCloud you, you if you want these to other things. we'll give you the it iCloud also, but you can't get to the phone it also occurs to me that you know i i just realized until now that when we talk about this where we're solving this problem or thinking about it with the paradigm like there's a hard drive in cupertino with this on it <laughs> no like one of the most interesting problems of a data center is you know they do massive compression in a way right. where if hard drives fail you know they can just it's go gotta pull be that out it's got to be right. yeah it's got to do that but it's also so compressed automatically that if you're doing encryption on top of that to get very specific right. files that is a non-trivial problem mm. oh my that's God. very true i hadn't even thought of that but you're, you're you're right i mean the fact that it could be stored across you know shards across data centers or, and, and and stored you know compressed in a different packet things would yeah. be would to me anyway make the idea of if, if you're going to encrypt this that much more difficult because how do you replicate that and how are you storing those keys and how are the keys being unlocked and are you doing it so are you able to do it you know through a web browser does it have to be authenticated through a certain type of operating system what do you do if you know a certificate doesn't match Uh, to me i mean it seems like probably one of the reasons they haven't done it aside from again any law enforcement kind of you know loopholes that they kind of want to be able to provide that information if they have to you know because i think that it's fair at this point to say apple did not go into this looking for a fight with the fbi they were kind (laughs) of pushed into a situation where they said we can't comply with this request uh but they certainly haven't had ever held the position that they don't comply with law enforcement like Mm -hmm. that, that hasn't ever been the position but i think putting that aside i think you've got a great point brie which is what would be some of the um, realistic consequences of, of encrypting that data. Because I think that your point is a good one. Because if we look at services, other services, again, I think other than Spider Oak, I really can't think, and maybe Mega, but I don't even know, I really can't think of any cloud services that make the promise that what they're storing is, is, is you know, encrypted. Um, you can certainly sort encrypted files on those servers, you know, and, and that's and, and that, that's fine. Um, you know, for instance, like I, I use 1Password and, and my 1Password database is encrypted and I store that on Dropbox. Dropbox is not encrypted. Um, but, but if someone were to access my Dropbox and download that file, it would still be an encrypted file and they would still need to either brute force AES-256 or figure out my password. Like that would be their, their two options. So, um, but, but I, I wonder if the reason we haven't seen that is because it is a real challenge when you're looking at the broader data center ecosystem about mm-hmm. that stuff about that storing things encrypted in that matter might not be possible or if it would be possible, it might have real performance, um, problems huh yeah i don't know i think i don't know the answer to that it's it's two dueling concerns right like for me I keep multiple backups, right? Like I keep Same. offsite backups mm-hmm. uh, and I do have every, my Mac gets backed up to a time capsule locally. I think it's worth yep. saying like when, when the, um, when Apple is initially helping the FBI with their particular case, one of the first things they suggest is taking it to the home and laying yep. it back up uh, automatically. So they could like just get that file on the disc. Uh, so like when you have automated backups, it does create a really big security vulnerability. Mm -hmm. I also think it's worth saying iOS nine and a lot of other versions before this have automatic software updating. A lot of software Mm -hmm. on my Mac has that, that is adding like this huge backdoor to it. And, you know, I think auto update being on is generally a good thing. But it's like um, there was a story this week of a developer that didn't get paid, and then they uh, put out a patch uh, on Steam that ended up breaking the game for everybody because <gasps> his employer didn't uh, end up paying him. So, wow. like, there, these are competing interests, right? Like, you've got you have ease, and for me, um, you know, everybody on this podcast is very technical. 
we would be fine. But like my husband, he's never going to back anything up. He's never going right. to back anything up ever. Mm-hmm. You know, right? This, that's I mean, he's going to rely on the right. even as a technical person. Like I'm too lazy to do more than put like photos and Google Photos. Like it's a pain right. in the butt to sort yeah, through all be. those physical files, especially if it's not like like for you, Bree. Like it is a huge priority. It's you know literally. I mean, yeah, it's like a huge part of your life. For me, it's it's not as software I've invested, you know, a lot, as much as a house in investing, right? Like it's emails with all my contacts. Like that is priceless. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And even with that, you know, that, that makes it worth the effort. For me, it's, yeah, keeping physical backups is something that I need to be better at. But again, it's, I don't really have that much super important stuff there. Like that's, yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, I think what Mossberg's point is that you have to kind of, I think he said this at the end of his piece, he said something like, you know, um, you have to, you know, balance, um, uh, what does he say? Um, There's no doubt that iCloud backups and other cloud services, while convenient, aren't as secure as the latest iPhones are. So it might be a good time to review your use of iCloud and other cloud services and reconsider your own balance of convenience, security, and privacy. And you should definitely turn on two-factor authentication. Now, these things are all true. (laughs) That's a given. And I mean, I think that that you should turn two-factor authentication on, especially on iCloud. But again, if there's a court order and and Apple is asked to to hand the data over, they are not going to need that two-factor authentication to get into that. They can pull the file. And the same is true for Amazon and and Google and Microsoft. Um, in, in any other, you know, U.S.-based cloud provider, I'm not really, Dropbox, I don't, I don't know, you know, what the, what the case is in, in other, if, if the data is being stored in other parts of the world. Um, I'm not sure how that works. But, but I do think that it does kind of, kind of open up what a lot of us have kind of recognized for years, which is you use the cloud for convenience, but you don't, at least for me anyway, I guess what I found interesting about this article was that, especially he, the fact that he's writing it for The Verge, I'm, I'm wondering if, it was this really a surprise to anybody who reads The Verge that, you know, your cloud services are not going to be as secure as doing a local encrypted backup yeah. in iTunes. Like, Just, is, is, is anybody actually surprised by that? Because I think that that's been very clear, which is, and but I do think it opens up kind of one of these interesting things, which is that we use these tools and we want these auto backups because it's more convenient and it's good for us. Um, but most of us aren't thinking in the context of, you know, what, ha- what, what, oper- what, you know, can these companies do with that data to us? And it's probably something worth thinking about, like how secure is this information and what else could happen to it. Um, but I also feel like it, it, it slightly misses the point in that even if the files themselves or, or the backup itself isn't encrypted, that doesn't necessarily preclude files within those backups from, me, from being encrypted. Because again, you know, if you yeah. store your, your one password database mm-hmm. in iCloud, that's still an encrypted file. So just because the iCloud backup itself doesn't have encryption doesn't mean that the file that's being stored there doesn't. Well, yeah, I mean, but, you know, you have the, the actual file itself encrypted and, like, the file right. header and you know, the all of that. Like, you know, there are ways to do that. I'm wondering if there is an opportunity here for Apple because clearly going forward, I think Apple is going to be a, a brand whose differentiating feature is that they take privacy seriously. And I'm wondering if, you know, the time capsule is a really bad product that Apple (laughs) makes. Like, it's very convenient, but I burned out five of them in six years. And the heat heat dispersal on it is terrible. But I'm wondering if, like, there's, like, a new... There, there's a, a space for Apple to innovate in the space, right? Like upgrade time, uh, time machine, the next version of OS 10. So like it's doing encrypted backups locally, or, you know, maybe even like, it's hard to get people to pay for cloud uh, backups online. But like, if I could pay more and have that and secure, I would absolutely do that. Totally. And, yeah. So I mean, I, I have to, I have to think that's going to be maybe one of their options where they will say, "Do you want to encrypt this backup?" Kind of the same way that now you can do full disk encryption on OS 10 or not. Now you've been able to do it for for years and years. But you, but the way you could also, when you back up to iTunes, you have the option of encrypting it. And maybe they'll make it an option. Maybe not the default, but maybe they'll make it an option. I, I do wonder what sort of ire that will, you know, cause with law enforcement who's already very angry that they can't get into these locked phones. What is that going to do um, if they can't get to backups? And I think the bigger question is honestly not even in the U.S. where it's one thing, but I mean, you know, one of the one of the interesting kind of points there, there were only a few senators, not senators, congressmen who during um, Tuesday's hearing seemed to be very anti-Apple. Most of them actually were more combative with Director Comey and 
um, seemed rather supportive of Apple's position, which was interesting. And I don't know if it was necessarily that they were supportive of Apple's position or if they were supportive of the idea that this should be something that, that the the House decides and not something that the executive branch decides. Um, but one of the uh, congressmen, you know, was asking very pointed questions to, to Bruce Sewell, um, Apple's uh, general counsel, about their practices in China. And, and the fact is, is that in order to, to do business in China, a lot of companies have had to do this, and Apple is certainly not the only one. You know, Apple iCloud data for its Chinese customers is stored on Chinese servers. Mm-hmm. And um, and that that's the same thing with Apple Music and Apple Pay and all those things. They run on Chinese servers. And so the Chinese government, if they want to, has full access to those things and can access that information. So I would wonder if in the cloud scenario, I mean, Apple might be able to provide encrypted backups as a marketing thing in the U.S. I wonder if – but I wonder how hard it would be for them to sell that as – a, a feature when that they may not be able to do that other places. I'm not sure if they would be able to, how they would be able to do that in the EU if they could. Maybe there are parts of you know Europe where that would be okay. Maybe there are parts where it wouldn't be. In China, that certainly wouldn't be something they could do. So how do you then, I guess, segmentize your your product without making it seem like well we're secure here but not secure there? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's tough. It's definitely tough. You know, I, I think we do keep it American centric a lot with these uh, with these issues. But you know, like I, I would love to see them them you know work on this here. So yeah, there was a yeah. the headline on the Seattle Times. I spotted it this weekend when I was out. It was um, Apple goes to battle with FBI at home, but it's a different story in China. And I. I I rolled my eyes so hard and it immediately goes into like the censored apps on the app store. And it's like, that's sure. not the issue really. It's not the issue. And you're, you're simplifying it so much by saying, completely. I don't know, making it sound like they're putting up all this like, resistance like do to the FBI just to be stubborn, but they're bowing to China. Right. Like that's not the case. Right. They're trying because to do business in China. Right. And in China, it is true that they will censor apps and they will store their servers there and run their services from China and, and store their data on Chinese servers. That's absolutely true. But what Apple has said more than once is that the Chinese government has never asked them for what the FBI is asking for. Mm-hmm. So, And I think that's an important distinction, which is to say, even though they've made concessions in terms of their digital services, and, and granted, that's a growing part of their business, but it's certainly not the only part of their business. And they've made those concessions to be active in China that way. Um they haven't done that on, on, mm-hmm. on the hardware side. We should note, I mean, it's, it, it's only fair, I think, to note that, you know, and of course, Apple's not the only company that makes those concessions. Google famously refused to make those concessions a decade ago. And it's actually come to hurt them because what's happened is that because Android is open source, it's been overtaken and forked in China. And you have these other variants of Android that are running on, on those phones that Google doesn't have any control over. So they don't have their services. They don't have their app store. And it's, it's, basically mm-hmm. impossible for them to make any money off of those devices to the point that Google actually said I, a couple of months ago, they they kind of conceded that they're going to have to rethink their strategy when it comes to China and probably reintroduce a way of having Google services and those sorts of things running on Android and Chinese phones, which will mean that Google will have to operate their data centers within China because that's the only way you can do that. Um, that's just, that's as you said, that's a way of doing business, but it's not the same thing of doing business on a services level as, you know, writing software to to basically, you know, backdoor mm-hmm. encryption. Yeah. That, that Those are not the same things. Yeah. Well. Because you don't have to use iCloud. Yeah. You can use your phone successfully without using iCloud. Um, it's obviously more convenient if you do use it, but you don't have to. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. So, yeah. What are we up to this week, Brianna? Uh, I'm working on Top Secret Mission, uh, which I hope to announce in the press very, very soon. Uh, I'm also gearing up for the South by Southwest uh, Harassment Summit. Fiasco? Which I am... Uh, <laughs> I said that, not you. You didn't That's say right. anything. You I, didn't I'm say a word. I'm not commenting. I'm not commenting on that. It's it's it's. Let the record show a silence from Brianna. It's Wu. a fun experience, and I'm looking forward to going. You are a hero. Looking forward to going. I I very happy. We'll leave it there. Yes, <laughs> Christina. What about you? Well, I'm still kind of um, in all the Apple FBI drums. Um, <laughs> so. I've written so much stuff about it and, and, and in fact even had an article go up today kind of uh, clarifying for Daryl Issa, uh, Congressman um, Issa, why um, you, you couldn't just take the memory out of the iPhone and, and brute force it 10,000 times <sighs> to, try, to try to crack things because that's just not how the, the encryption process on, on the phone and, and with the software works. But um, he, he raised some good questions to the FBI. He just kind of had a, 
um, a technically incorrect assumption of going about that. Um, there's going to be other stuff I'm sure coming out of that case. Um, I may be feuding more with Kanye West. And <laughs> Friday, I want to point this out, you, you never know, is uh, Take Your Action Figure to Work Day. And that is one of my personal what? favorite holidays. What? I, I didn't did, know that. Yes. It is a holiday. It's called Take Your Action Figure to Work Day. Um, the hashtag is AFWD2016. Um, last year, Mashable did it, and it was a ton of fun. Um, you should all do it. Basically take you know your, act- your action figure to work, and if you work from home, then just show it around your home office and show off the love. Post to Instagram, Snapchat, wherever you want, um, and uh, that'll be kicking off on Friday, and that's going to be a lot of fun. Man. So take your action figure to work on Friday, guys. I'll totally do it. Still working Jinko from home. Jinko and so. Oshima, for sure. That's what I'm taking. <laughs> Reno from Final Fantasy VII, or maybe Almine from Curl Boss. Should I go Wait, anime who, or video game? I don't who know. From Final Fantasy VII, you can take more than Reno? one. If that's the great thing. Oh, I'll you take Reno. That's a good point. That's a good point. Who? Reno. Reno and Rude, the Turks. Oh, oh, the Turks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Wow. They Do are. They have. Do they have action figures? Of them? I have an action figure of Reno. He's. Or I guess it's the one from um, Advent Children, the film. That's kind yeah. of yeah. Oh, I've got that too. He's got all the the spiky hair yes, and the, the, the single hair. baton. Yeah, I, I love his him. Name. Yeah. He, for some reason, is just one of my formative influences as a character. I adore him so much. He's um, very cute. Taylor Beard, yep. who knew me in high school, is probably cringing as she listens to this. Thanks, Taylor. Hi, Taylor. <laughs> Final Fantasy VIII is way better, Simone. By the way, I, I just letting you know. Just letting you know. I'll play it. I'll play it. Anyway, yeah. You never played Final Fantasy VIII. I haven't played Final Fantasy VIII. <gasps> Simone, you played oh. seven. Lonnie. Yes. You played seven, yes. right? Okay, okay, okay. Well, then I won't disown you, but you've never played eight. You're What's wrong with you? Every so many things we've already discussed. Do we have to buy? So many seriously, do we wrong. have to buy you a PlayStation? And, no, and, and, and I'm, God. I'm ready to do this. I'm ready to buy you a PlayStation and make you play it properly. Is it I don't not on like these... iOS by this point? Well, yeah, but they 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 f- the graphics. No, oh, it's sorry, terrible. Steven, they do. It's they, they do. They did the it's same terrible. with seven. They they like make the graphics all terrible. I'm like, no, I want to see the polygons as they actually existed yep. on my PlayStation in 1997 yep. or 1999. Yep. That's what I want. So yeah, no, we need to get you a PlayStation and Final Fantasy VIII and also seven, so you can play seven the correct way. Yeah, um, we should also I played get you, seven um, on the PS2. I played it the correct way. <laughs> No, oh, it was on the PlayStation, seven, not the PS2. It was on the PlayStation 1. I played it, yes, on, it was on the PlayStation PS2 one. with an emulator, I think. Okay, Okay, well, then, then then that's fine. Okay, that's we'll, acceptable. We'll, we'll accept that. Yeah. We'll accept that. But, yeah. we, but we will force you to play 8 the correct way. We're not doing any of the BS graphics. We're not... The same, they did the same thing with with the... Square did that with the with the Secret of Mana. Completely yeah, ruined I can't believe the you're greatest being Super reverse Nintendo game of all time. graphics snobs right now. Yes! Absolutely. I'm sorry. I, you know what I am? I am an auteur <laughs> theory. I, 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 I'm, I'm auteur theory all the way. I want it to be done the way oh it was done. Oh, my God. Look, yeah, but you this know, is look, what you don't understand, Simone. So are you not excited about the reboot? So go on. Of course, of course. I mean, tell I me, will. Tell I me will what I don't understand. It. Explain. Oh, so okay. Seven, seven. Everyone loves seven because it is a bro adventure to a certain point, right? It, like it, you've it got, is. even you've though it's got a little Tifa, racist. It, like, we never Tifa's talk about it, but it's it. racist. It is. It is. It is. It's got some really bad. It's, uh, really bad it's, it's got some bad stereotypes in it. It is a good game, and the systems, yes. the battle systems in it, are good. Yes. Final Fantasy VIII, though, and is, those cutscenes. Oh, it's a love story. It is it a is. beautiful cinematic love story between. It is, and those cutscenes. Oh, oh God, yes. The, yes, I mean, they're probably some of my favorite Final Fantasy oh, cutscenes ever. Are, the are music. Eight, and... Oh, it's breathtaking. It well, is, I am, and it's I, a great game. Um, I am going to. We are going to embed a. There's a 60 minute YouTube video of all the Final Fantasy cutscenes from eight. It is breathtaking. Sometimes I will go on my run and I will watch the same video over again just so to great. look at it and study the the camera movements and the, the camera the way movements they did unreal. The, the, the music, oh. the score, the animation oh. stuff. I mean, they just oh. it, it, Square did such an amazing job with that. It was one of my favorite games ever. And I yeah. went to a video game store when it came out. I was 16. Really? And, yep. Wow. wow. And uh, it was it was magical. But but you asked about like why I like being a reverse graphics snob. It's not being a reverse graphics snob. It's being opposed to colorizing black and white movies just because Ted Turner thinks the Casablanca okay. would look okay in color. That's it's fair. not okay. That's you want to actually th- thank you. I knew I would win on that point. It's one of those things where we know this was how it was made. This was the time it was made in. Let's not ruin it by trying to update it because people are okay playing games with bad graphics. You know, I mean, that's why Mario was still so, so successful. That's why Mario Maker is still so successful. You don't have to have the 
latest and greatest all the time. A good game is a good game regardless. You know, there's actually a great op-ed about this, I think by Omar Elisar on Medium about, like, I, he was talking, or they were talking specifically about the Halo um, re, re- yes. vision that Which kind I of took away with. all the yes. atmospheric aspects Completely. of it. Um, I, I, I see both. I, I think that uh, video game archiving is such a, this is a whole other topic, but video game archiving is such a huge, complicated issue, and it's something that we are so bad at, so, so I'm bad not opposed because, to remaking right. games, and I, you know, if the graphics get harmed in that process, that is unfortunate, but I think that keeping games available for new generations to play is so important that I'm like, ugh. <laughs> No, it's because like Final Fantasy VI on iOS is a travesty. It's terrible. It's a travesty. It's Whoever it. did that it. should be put on trial at Nuremberg. I can't even. <laughs> it's terrible. It is the worst because that game was a perfect 2D side scroller oh. on the Super Nintendo. Okay, on the Super Famicom, that was a fantastic game. Final Fantasy III is one of the greatest RPGs of all time, oh. and it used it was it, cutting edge graphics at the time. It used that 16 bit processor. It used that color palette. It was fantastic, and they ruined it. They took and they put these 3D models on it that just ruined the entire part of the game. And you say that you're re- preserving this for next generation, except you're not. Because you also changed around the entire kind of like control scheme and you changed around like the battle scheme. The whole thing was ruined. They ruined it. I think that's fair. That's a fair point. I'm angry. I'm (laughs) glad you're as angry as I am, Christina. (laughs) I'm glad we brought the energy at the end of the show. Good. Good job, guys. guys. And and you guys get to see my hidden RPG nerd stuff. You You guys didn't know I had this in me, did you? I, I did not. I did not. I, you it's you like somehow I get cooler. Jam is what happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, okay. So I guess I am going on. Uh, Christina and I are going to burn down Square's offices. <laughs> We're going to go back. I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I will. I'll see you from jail in next week's okay. podcast. Uh, Brianna, where can Great. we find you online? Space Cacao. Christina. Well, you can find me Kanye and stuff off of the... No, Don't okay. Kanye you can anything. Find me at Thul- you, you, you can find me at Thulman underscore girl. Cool. You can find me on Twitter at Doom Quasar. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. If you like it, please leave us a review on iTunes. We super duper appreciate it. This episode of Rocket is terminated. <laughs> terminated. Terminated. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. That was great.